Podstarter. Every podcast starts somewhere. Reese and I were here having a conversation about the gear that we've got. It's almost a good start for us to have a conversation about, you know, before you get started, let's think about the investment in gear. Uh, we're excited by the stuff that we have today that we've just set up. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about what we have in this room? Yeah, so we are in a small, flexible meeting space, uh, testing out a kit with, and I think I think the ambition with this kit was it's got to be portable, and it's got to be something that we could train people to use who have very limited experience recording audio, and it had to be affordable as well. So we've kind of designed a setup that what we've managed to do is get uh, a very straightforward. Uh, professional-looking, high-quality sounding setup for, I think it would be about 1500 Canadian dollars. I, I believe you can get this cheaper. You know, we've been experimenting with the Blue Snowball. We've got a few other different devices that we try, and you can buy a much cheaper kit. But what we wanted to design was a set of kit that would be usable in multiple situations, be able to record multiple voices, and also still be practical to use if it's just one person using on their own. We wanted to talk a little bit about the use cases. What am I using this for? What we're trying to do is we're trying to solve many problems for a lot of our clients, as opposed to a client probably is trying to solve one or two problems, whether it's a, a Skype call, whether it's going to be a, in a room environment, whether it's a, an online structure, um, multiple locations, a conference environment. And what we've done here is we've got a, a mobile kit on wheels uh, that is one person can take it into a room and probably be set up in, what, about 30 minutes? It took me 30 minutes, but I was really excited. Settled up for the first. I was geeking out quite a bit. So. I don't know if that made you go faster or go slower. Oh, no, yeah, I was, I was focused like a laser beam on getting this set up. I, I think that's a, and for a, you know, first time usually takes longer. So I think 30 minutes is, is, a, is a, a good amount of time, you know, to set it up properly, make sure everything's where it should be, check, test the kit. It's not an extortionate amount of time. I think that's quite achievable for a lot of people. So if you have to... If you've got an office space that's flexible and you don't get a podcast room to record your podcast or you're in a home or wherever you may be doing this, the fact that you can pack this away in half an hour and then rig it up again in half an hour means that, I, I guess it gives you that flexibility. You don't really need to go and look for that dedicated studio space to work in. The thing with this kit is that, you know, it's not the most expensive stuff out there. It's not the cheapest stuff out there, but... The underpinnings of this is pretty solid. So just to just to get into a bit of detail, the the microphones are um, Audio Technica AT twenty twenty uh, cardioid condenser studio mics that are XLR. Which um, if if you don't know the difference between XLR and USB, XLR is like the um, the chunky audio cables with three pins that you would plug into your amp if you were playing an electric guitar, which is kind of the standard use for um, professional audio equipment as well. And the USB would just plug into your laptop. Um, so like a Blue Snowball or the Yeti or those kind of microphones are USB um, microphones. So we have two of those and they're about 144 Canadian dollars um, per microphone, which... You can buy cheaper microphones, like 50 Canadian dollars online. But there's, if you go into the reviews, you find that some people find that they're incredible value for that money, but they break or there's varying degrees of quality. Uh, the factory doesn't seem to have a consistent quality output. So these are uh, three times that price, but 
a hell of a lot cheaper than some of the other studio mics you can buy. If if you're going in, if you're going to buy like a Rode studio mic, you know you can be talking a lot more money than that. So these I find are, uh, are in terms of studio microphones, very affordable. In terms of microphones, generally slightly more expensive, but they're really solid. They have a really nice sound. And they're really good for, uh, for for podcasting, really, for for being sat down and talking. I'm going to inter- interrupt you there. One of the things that I think we should talk about as well is when you're making the decision on a microphone, the difference between XLR and a USB has a real um, ramification on editing process, even from a storage standpoint. Are you feeding into a computer or am I actually re- you know, feeding into a recording device? That's one of the first steps, I think, in making a decision around uh, around a, a microphone or what microphone to get. Um, if you want to have multiple people in a room, it starts to get more complicated with the USB mics. Um, and if you switch to XLR, there's a whole world of audio equipment, semi-professional, professional audio equipment that is as, as really, the market's been disrupted in the last few years. You can get really good mixers and small devices. That allows you to to go down a route of having a lot more flexibility, which has led us to, I mean, our XLR option works really nicely with um, the uh, Zoom H6 recorder that we've bought. If, if you've never seen one before, it looks a little bit like one of those scanning devices the Ghostbusters used to carry around. <laughs> um, and it's a, a handheld audio recorder, but even though it's very small and very portable, but it has the capability to have up to six audio inputs. So even though we have this handy little recorder, we could actually have four other people around the table talking to us. Um, and this unit retails at about is 450 Canadian dollars, roughly. So that is incredibly reasonable for a, a, a potential six-channel mixer. So you can have uh, a roundtable discussion, but also, if you strip all the other microphones away and you just use the Zoom mic, you can then go into the field, do some recording, do um, little handheld interviews with people, record cool audioscapes, and it will fit in anyone's bag. If you've got a large pocket, it would fit in your pocket. I was going to say, I'm not quite sure what kind of pants you're wearing in order to be able to fit this into one of your large pockets. When you describe it as the, uh, you know, the, the Ghostbuster device, I honestly was going to think you're going down the Trek route. It's more like a tricorder, really. The original tricorder in, yeah, in, yeah. in Star Trek. It's, Ghostbusters it's not, is cooler than Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, no. Now we got a different conversation <laughs> going on. Um, but it, it, it is, it does what it's supposed to do really well. It, it is intended to record audio. Um, it's small enough, easy enough. It has one particular purpose. When you start looking at USB microphones and the requirement of having a, a laptop uh, while everyone has a laptop, it may not work well in the field. It may be multi-purposed. It may run a battery. It may have a variety of different elements to it. W- what we like about this is it it has one specific job to do, and it does that job really well. Uh, and being mobile really helps. The downside, of course, is that it's got no power to it. So you have to make sure from an editing standpoint or from a production standpoint, you've got your backup batteries, that you're yeah, prepared yeah. for those kind of situations. Um, but once you've done this a couple of times, that's sort of uh, secondary. I mean, that's the thing as well, is that this little unit doesn't have the ability to plug into the wall to charge. Um, and because it, it runs on double A's, if you're feeding um, power to six different microphones, it's, it could potentially be an issue that you need to keep an eye on, or you might just need to stop, change batteries. Um, you don't want to be too wasteful. You might want to get some good rechargeable batteries if you want to be a bit more environmentally, environmentally friendly about it. But um, there's the it's work, you can work around it. The Zoom have released a um a podcast specific 
tabletop mixer that isn't as portable as this one that does have uh, mains power as well. And I think that it's gonna, only going to be slightly more expensive than this one. So if you don't think you want to go in the field, then um, you can maybe invest in something like that instead. But with a, a USB mic and a laptop, you you can't like record in a vehicle or you can't record as you walk alongside a riverbank or through a city. Or you can, but it'll be incredibly clumsy and you might drop your laptop. This just... Uh, creatively gives you a lot of options. You can pull out your bag. You can record at any moment. I really like that. Yeah, I think that was um, that. That's key. We're we're in a typical office space, a couple of chairs, a couple of tables. Uh, it's probably ten by fourteen feet uh, large. Yeah, we've got these um, kind of adjustable arms you can clamp to a tabletop. We've got the pop shields. We've got um, heavy duty moving blankets that are. I say heavy duty, they're quite thick, but they're quite light. So we have some quite affordable photography stands that we've raised up uh, and clamped them to just to add a, uh, soften the room because the room we're in without the, the audio baffles, wood, is lots of hard surfaces, gives it a very roomy feel. So what we found now is that, yeah, j just this all packs away into a really neat little wheelie case or three wheelie cases that stack together. Um, and I could imagine that... Um, if you did this, you could easily put it away in a store cupboard or hide it in under your desk or whatever you needed to do without it leaving a big impact on your um, on your workspace or living space. Someone will be having a serious HR meeting in, in your straight after us, or the accounts will be in there, and you know it's it's flexible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could almost go through a case study of, of five different oh, yeah. scenarios. Yeah, I mean, just to talk about some scenarios, this is the kind of stereotypical podcast scenario. Two people sat in a room talking about a topic. Yeah. And for that, we've, you know, we're only using two channels on the mixer. We're powering both these microphones. We've got the, the blanket set up. We've got our arms clamped to the table. This is working nicely. So here's the, here's the abnormal scenario. Okay. Or actually, I don't even know if it's abnormal anymore. Typically, people are doing interviews in remote locations. Yeah. Um, we've, we've seen a lot of people talk about the, the Skype call and how to perfect the Skype call. Um, and recommendations, if you're talking to somebody that is not typically a podcaster, uh, in interview with a subject matter expert, they're not going to have any gear beyond maybe their laptop. And so we've talked about your studio space being decked out and then interviewing somebody that's in a remote environment using a teleconference technology, uh, and potentially not a whole lot of gear or, you know, a, a setup studio or a setup environment. What would you do? Okay. Well, well let's call this scenario two. <laughs> so in scenario two, I would definitely want to use the microphone that I'm using right now or the equivalent to what you may have. So if your decision is to interview people all around the world about interesting stories, for instance, um, then I would say, yeah, you know, start off with with um, a, a Blue Yeti or a Snowball or whatever, whatever, a USB just wired into your computer. And I would recommend using a service like Zencaster. I was introduced to it by um, Sebastian Major from Arfake History, and he uses it for his interviews. And it records locally onto your computer, and it records um, to uh, their computer on the other side, so that there's a certain amount of um, uh, security in those files. They can send you the files after, but it will record also to uh, a Dropbox or a Google Drive remotely as well. So you, you, you is very safe. And we did when we tried it out, we had an error. 
and I thought I'd lost some of the audio, but I hadn't. It was all okay. Um, and I contacted the site, and they were like, hey, no, it was there, and it was it was all okay in the end. It was just a, a minor glitch in the system, so you couldn't see some of the files. So even when uh, I've experimented with it and it felt like something was going wrong, we didn't lose any of the audio. It was really solid. So I would use something like Zencaster because trying to wire up and record through Skype or Zoom or over the phone um, can be quite difficult. The, the main challenge for remote recording is that the person, you've got this great microphone, you've got this great recording setup of, of this podcast-focused service that is designed to get these interviews, but then you've got somebody talking into a laptop and using the microphone built into the laptop and you get that horrible, horrible, you know, sound of, of very roomy, you know, not very clear, um, not very satisfying. And when you have a good microphone on your end, it just highlights how bad their audio <laughs> can be sometimes. So I would say that the recommendation would be to talk to the talk to the person recording beforehand or at least give them some guidelines where you can say do you have a hands-free kit now i know those earbuds are, are the new thing that people seem to be using but if you've got one of those good old-fashioned wired hands hands-free kits that where they've got the little earbud earbuds and the uh the the, the microphone kind of hangs just uh, off your off your off your jawline around your neck and you can plug that into the laptop and you can record. That would be really good sound. That, that kind of technology, you know, if they've got a decent one like that came with the phone, if it's like Samsung or whatever, they tend to be quite good because it just focuses on your voice. It just narrows what is recording a lot more than the laptop microphone would. Or if they've got somebody who's into gaming and you've got one of those headsets with a microphone like a kind of pilot style <laughs> right. headset that could that would be really good too but also it means that they can hear you clearly because they they've got that they can they've got the headphones either the buds or the headset and if you're really stuck i would rather somebody call on a phone than use a laptop microphone so if none of those options are available um just ask them to, to just use their phone and make a call and record the call just because that will always sound better to me personally, just because the microphone is right by the mouth and that microphone is geared towards recording voices. I wonder if there's also a, uh, um, a social acceptance of understanding that somebody's calling in on a phone yeah, and knowing that the audio volumes and quality are going to be different from the host and the yeah, person yeah. that's actually calling in. So that's, it's forgivable. We're all used to radio call-ins. It's like an acceptable format. <laughs> right, right. Now, one of the things that you talked about uh, using a, a structure like Zencaster was the opportunity and the ability to have multiple audio files, uh, and then from an editing standpoint, what that meant to you. I don't know if you can speak a little bit about the uh, about editing with multiple audio files. Well, I guess it was a backup more than anything, so that the audio, as you're recording, it records files in different locations which is just a safety thing you know it's like having a, a drive with a backup of all your family photos on somewhere and it also is a cloud location as well so you can access those files anywhere too so that's flexible but i guess when, when i'm talking about separate audio um sometimes people when you go into the usb realm there are some applications that will record a stereo file and almost bake all of the audio together so if one person is one side of the world and the other person is the other side of the world, and the one person is talking, and the other one is scratching their nose, or, you know, it's got stubble and it's rubbing up against something, their collar or something. 
if you've got contr- if you've got separate audio tracks, you can just dip that audio, and no one will ever know what happened. Whereas if you've got them baked together, and you don't have that control over the separate audio tracks, um, you're stuck with that audio, and you have to try and work around it. And you can remove sound quite creatively sometimes, but it, just creating work for yourself and work that you might not be able to recover. You know, um, the third scenario that I'd like to talk about is. You're both in an uncontrolled space. So you've got two individuals, a loud environment, maybe like a convention center where you actually want to be able to get uh, uh, content on the fly. Yeah. Um, I would just ditch these microphones altogether and I would use the, the, the just the Zoom handheld. Um, so there are two different attachments. And if you're getting close, I, I'd make sure I had headphones on so I could actually hear the audio um, as best I could. Um, some good headphones as well that kind of is a closed uh, headphone that will allow you to drown out the the noise around you. You know, hold the microphone to my mouth to ask a question and then hold it by their mouth to uh, to, to get an answer. Um, and the only complication with that is the, the microphone can... You can create handling noise when you're actually holding the recording unit. And you can buy handles or suspension housing that minimizes that. But as long as you've got headphones on and you're aware of um, how you're holding the unit and how you're moving it, you'll you'll be fine. It's is, I I would use that in a noisy environment. I think especially if you're just walking up to people and saying, "Hey, we're recording a podcast. How do you think the conference is going? What was the most exciting thing for you?" You know, there's, there's something quite fun and informal about it as well. You can roam around and you can you can go outside on the street where maybe some people are you know, just get in some fresh air um, and talk to them in that environment. So if you wanted to build a narrative or have a sense of roaming, that setup will allow you to record different soundscapes in different environments and just gives you a bit more texture to, to what you're recording. In those environments, you're, you're not looking to edit out a honk. No. Or uh, any other background noise. It's part of what that dialogue yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. to sort of entrench, entrench the conversation or figure out it's, it's situational. More well, than anything. Exactly. Like, say you, you decided you wanted to interview somebody in New York uh, and you want you were going to do it at, at Times Square. In our heads, we already imagine what Times Square sounds like. Right. Yeah, yeah. And why not use that? If I want to interview a, a pilot, I'd actually like to hear the plane in the background. So exactly. I, you're actually in that space. Yeah, in that yeah. Race car driver, I want to hear the car. I once recorded audio on a plane and uh, a very talented audio engineer managed to completely remove the hum of the plane. <laughs> And it didn't sound natural, so we had to we put artificial hum back in, which seemed like a pointless yeah. thing. But it was hum we could control. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Editors. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, another situation I was thinking, so situation number four, is is almost the dialogue of one. It's, it's, it's host-driven in a scripted environment that's trying to communicate one particular dialogue. So it's, it's really reading either from a teleprompter, reading from a script, reading in a structured environment. So it's an environment, probably controlled space, um, maybe or maybe not, right? I think of, uh, you know, we're in Canada, so CBC with Rick Mercer doing his uh, his rant in an outside environment, uh, controlled to a degree, but still outside noises and all that kind of stuff. But it's one voice, one person talking, one person's thoughts. What would you do in that type of scenario? Now, there's a, there's, there's, there's a, a kind of a, a very subtle thing you can do, I, I think, where if you use a different, you can use different microphones to set different, standards in terms of why what the voice is doing to serve the narrative at that point of a recording so if it sounds like a really clean controlled studio that can sound like narration or like a link 
to a next scene. Whereas if it is on a handheld recorder and has that background noise, that can feel like a segment. So I'd say you can kind of really plan your narrative and um, maybe in the order of I'm going to rant about going, I'm going to go to the shop and I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to rant about this in the real world. And then when you come to edit, you might want to record some links in a studio environment. I think people are used to the to the format enough to to go oh now now it's nice and clean in a studio this is obviously um a thought removed from that environment you know this is them um putting together some some thoughts and ideas from what just happened in the last segment leading to the next one you know it's very subtle but it, it can be quite effective to to help to tell a good story yeah that that wasn't fair i actually gave you two so that, that was a, a 4a and a 4b <laughs> it was it was sort of an active rant on the go yeah um and the other one sort of seemed to be a, an individual uh, passive dialogue from a scripted standpoint and you're right you probably have the two different objectives two different gear potentially one where it seems like it's on the go yeah and if you go down the scripted route and you might have lots of different takes you don't want the stress of an uncontrolled environment. If, if it's really scripted, it can be a lot easier just to have a safe, controlled environment where you switch up, press on, you don't have no worries, you switch it off. Um, I'd say that like a small studio space or a small recorded environment, if you are going to go down that scripted route, where consistency of microphone and where um, just not the recording not being a big concern for you, the content that you've scripted, is is the main concern i would say that that you know a, a single microphone like one of these uh, audio technica that we're using or if you are just starting out something cheaper or if you're really committed to this something more expensive <laughs> you know i think that um there's that that would be the best option and you could then really just focus on your script and your editing and not worry about the technical side of things i think i think we've got one more scenario that we were thinking about which is um, we've talked about the solo voice. We've talked about remote locations. I think the last one that we're, which is the the dream scenario, where you're actually uh, having four or five a roomed environment or a studio environment, where you actually have more than just the two indiv- individuals. You've got a group of people that you want to sit down and, and have a conversation. How would you handle that? Now this is this is an interesting one because this is why specifically I'd recommend this Zoom is because it can have up to six individual inputs. So um, we could have uh, four, of the mic- um, four of the microphones uh, with people talking. Uh, five would be external microphones, and microphone number six would be um, uh, the one for, which is located on the top of the, the actual unit. So you'd have to just kind of maybe rig that up in a comfortable position for, for, for the uh, guest to talk into. You might have to watch your battery because you might be powering six individual microphones. But at the same time, this unit is is incredibly flexible and would allow you to do that if you wanted to so i would say that um yeah just get renting some extra microphones borrowing some buying some whatever you need to to fill that um you can do i mean one of the things that you notice with a lot of podcasts starting out with very little investment if there's a there seems to be a common theme where people get drunk and they put their phone in the table and they record their conversation. And that's how they start. There's quite a few podcasts that are really big and, and make it have built like media empires or mini podcast empires that started with iPhone, middle of table, horrible sounding, <laughs> echoey room. But the content was good and they got better as time went on, which is great. That's, that's why I love podcasts these days. It's driven by ideas rather than anything else. 
you could go down that route with this if you were really if you didn't have that capability for a technical setup you could just put the zoom in the middle of the room the, the the further a person is from a microphone the worse it sounds generally speaking um unless you've got some direct super directional microphone but you know that's just probably not likely so what you find is that you know the further people are the roomier it sounds so you want to have six microphones close to the the source of the audio um which is a really technical way of talking about somebody's mouth yeah. <laughs> so, somebody's face the uh, uh and then you can uh have complete control in the edit and you can have the best quality possible because it's like scott said in one of our episodes scott philbrook from astonishing legends he they like to make their listeners comfortable and relaxed yeah and that's it's it speaks to the growth of the industry podcasting in its in its infancy was forgivable to have bad audio. Yeah. Um, and and the, the audience was saying, okay, well, you know, this is new and I, I don't necessarily expect expectation. In fact, I have no expectations. Um, but that was when it was in the early days and in the infancy. As it continues to mature, the expectation of the listener continues to get bigger and broader as well. Um, but understanding that, understanding who your audience is, where they're consuming, where they're listening. We used to laugh about shooting a video in 4K for a, a mobile execution on a device, on a phone that small with a screen that small doesn't matter. Nobody necessarily sees it. But if you understand that from an audio standpoint, if somebody's actually listening in a, uh, a nice vehicle with multiple speakers it, with a surround sound environment, all of a sudden bad audio, the mistakes, the gaffes really pop. They really jump out at you. Um, so understanding where that end audience is going to be and who's listening and how they're listening, I think it's important for you to be able to sit back and say, let me make sure that it, it's, it's comfortable for them. It's a good experience for them so that your message gets across instead of people noticing on the, the mistakes and the gaps. The danger right now is that, you know, these big networks are starting to dominate podcasting and people are saying that kind of amateur age, uh, very much like you saw when radio started growing as a thing and, you know, people would buy masts or build their own masts if they had the money and start broadcasting things. And that element of podcasting is going to die out in because these big networks are going to dominate the airwaves and i i kind of reject that because i think that podcasting is so accessible that there will always be space uh for uh people to to make their own shows i think i think the overproduced audio yeah, exactly. is, is people lose that comfort level with it they lose actually i think the podcast loses that authenticity it's less yeah. about a dialogue it's now a, it's a polished product yeah um, and it shifts away from being a conversation and, 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 and learning something from it to being a show. Yeah. I feel like as long as podcasters are, you know, making sure that they are making the listener comfortable and that the audio is 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 understandable and everything, you don't want to turn people off from um, that world of, um, you know, fun homemade shows where people are just passionate about what they're talking about. You don't want it to just be celebrities being paid by, you know, these networks to, to, to keep making shows and hoping people will tune in on that basis i like somebody i've never heard of sharing a topic with me that they're madly passionate about and obsessed with it's amazing how many former amateur people are now professional and still have that passion doing why they're doing it and they can compete on quality on a quality level with these networks seamlessly yep I, and i think that's probably our, our closing point our closing point is is the the bar has gone up from a quality standpoint um 
to what we don't know. And I think it shifts a little bit from the audience and the speaker, whoever's putting together the podcast. Um, but understanding that there's a the, the minimum has shifted, the bar is raised, and it's going to continue to probably raise and, and change as well. Um, but the importance of making sure that you think through your gear before you get started is a very good step. The, the, the good news is there's a lot of options, and the bad news is there's a lot of mm, yeah. options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's, it's a good way to wrap up this conversation. Mm. The, the, the idea was just to talk about the gear that we got, the reason why we got it, and understanding that it's going to differ for everybody. So it is, yeah. it is a conversation, and it's a moving dialogue. It's, it, we're not definitive, we're not locked. Um, so yeah, check out the uh, show notes. We will actually put the kit that we're using and the, the reason why we're using it as well. Well, this has been Podstarter. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully this has been a slightly different style episode and it's still of value, I guess. Excellent. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Visit podstarter.io to find out how we can help you build the podcast you and your audience needs. To listen to more episodes, search Podstarter wherever you find your podcasts or visit our website. You can also find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Podstarter is produced in Nova Scotia, Canada by podstarter.io